this is Tony Ruggiero here on the Tour Coach. First of all, I want to thank all of you for listening and supporting the Tour Coach over the past several seasons. It's been a fun ride, and we've got some great stuff going on. Many of you may have seen the launch and the first little pilot episode of Pro Work that we've done in partnership with Bushnell Golf. That's the first in the series. It's been one of my ambitions, one of my kind of like projects and dreams for the past couple years to film an inside, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at how myself and the team of great coaches, teachers, fitness experts, and mental coaches all work together. At first, it was just with tour players, but now I want to show you how we work together. The Colby Touyes, the Dr. Greg Cartons, the Mark Hackett's, Morgan Hales, Jackson Quartz, Dr. Scott Lenz, Dan Terleski, all of us at Old Palm and at our retreats work together to help golfers of all skill level and for it to be a real authentic, a real behind the scenes look, unedited, where you kind of see some of our discussions and some of the fun that we have. And so to kick this series off, we're starting a contest, okay? And that contest is going to be a, a social media contest for a Dew Sweeper Tour Coach giveaway. It's, we're going to do the drawing the Monday after Augusta. We're going to draw one lucky winner. The winner is going to receive one free trip to come see me and our team at one of our retreats, okay? So you're going to get a free entry to our retreat with a brand new Bushnell Pro XE rangefinder plus three custom fit Cleveland golf wedges and it wouldn't be a, a dew sweeper tour coach giveaway without some vineyard vines dew sweepers gear so here's how you enter a chance to win this fantastic opportunity to travel to come see us for a retreat with a bushnell pro xe rangefinder new cleveland wedges and a vineyard vines dew sweepers gear it's simple all you got to do is go on your social media so go to social media go to instagram and post a screenshot of your favorite tour coach episode okay tag me at the dew sweeper Tag at Bushnell Golf and tag at Cleveland Golf. Okay. Hashtag Pro Work, hashtag Tour Coach. Okay. I hope you're the lucky winner. If you go to Twitter, it's at Dew Sweeper Golf, at Cleveland Golf, at Bushnell Golf, hashtag Pro Work, hashtag Tour Coach. So wherever you are, whatever social media you use, tag me, Bushnell, Cleveland Golf, and hashtag. Pro Work hashtag Tour Coach for an opportunity to win once again a retreat entry to come see me work with me and my team at one of our famous retreats, plus a brand new Bushnell Pro XE along with custom fit three Cleveland golf wedges for you and your game, and some Dew Sweepers Vineyard Vine gear. We're going to do the drawing the Monday after the Masters. Hope all of you enjoy this edition of the Tour Coach, along with some of the upcoming episodes. We've got some fantastic guests, some fantastic insight behind the scenes. But I promise you, check out our social media. Go to Bushnell Golf on YouTube. Find the first edition of Pro Work. Take a listen. Take a look. Tell me what you think. There's more inside, authentic, behind-the-scenes looks at our instruction, our instruction team, and so going to be some plenty of laughs as well, I promise you. So once again, this is Tony Ruggiero. I hope you enjoy listening to the Tour Coach. Hope you've enjoyed watching Pro Work. Take advantage of this opportunity. Once again, go on Instagram, take a screenshot of your favorite Tour Coach episode or, or the one you're listening to, and tag me at the Dew Sweeper, at Bushnell Golf, at Cleveland Golf, hashtag Pro Work, hashtag Tour Coach. Hopefully you're the lucky winner. Enjoy this edition of the Tour Coach, and hopefully we'll see you soon on the Lesson Team. All 
right, so I'm kind of pumped about this. Joining me here on the tour, Coach, is somebody who has played the tour, and he has recently, over the past year, become one of my favorite Twitter follows. It's how this all came about. Um, former PGA Tour player from out uh, in Washington, the state of Washington, Rick Fair. Rick, how you doing, bud? And thanks so much for sitting here with me. I've been looking forward to doing this. Oh, likewise. I, I enjoy listening to you and, and all the guests you have on. I, I think we all learn collectively from each other. And I know I'm I'm a little bit remote out here, but this is home. And um, yeah, there's there's still coaches out out in the Great Northwest as well. <laughs> well I, yeah, uh, you know that that's one of the beauty of things. You know, is like uh, nowadays is you can connect with people. You know, and watch stuff that they do and. You know, I, one of the things I, I'm always fascinated. I'm fortunate to, you know, work with some guys that can play pretty good. I've always, I always like picking players' brains. I feel like I've learned. I was very fortunate and had a great base, like where I learned from some great teachers. But like some of the stuff I've really learned the most has been picking the brains of folks that just were great players. You know, and and uh, I, I just wanted to spend thirty, forty minutes picking your brain and. And because you were such a really good player and had success, won on tour uh, a few times. Like, first of all, let's start, like, what was your instruction base as a young person coming up? Like, you know, what kind of instruction did you have? And let's talk about how you've watched instruction change over the years. Well, yeah. So, obviously, it's different for all of us. I mean, I I was learning to play the game in the 1970s, okay? So everybody can do the math. You know, it's been a while. So um, I was very fortunate. I was um, introduced to, to the game through my father, who was a good player. Um, and uh, But he, he realized he wasn't going to teach me how to play. So he just, the head golf pro at, at, at the course I grew up at, Sandpoint Country Club in Seattle. And Ron Hagen, his job was, you know, traditional PGA pro, run the show run the shop, get ready for the member guests, the whole thing. And, yeah, yeah, you know, they they wore all the capes of Superman. And, and what I recall, and I'm sure Ron would, would explain that he did more than this, so I don't want to minimize his uh, his influence, <laughs> but but basically showed me how to hold the golf club. And this is back in the, hey, toe up to toe up phase, you know, so, yeah, um, yeah. you know, right? And it's very different, popular opinion now is well, that's no good and, but anyway, I just I played a lot of golf. I was fortunate. I, you know, I caddied. I some days played 36 holes. We didn't have, really have a driving range. I'd hit balls out between the fourth and fifth holes in the evening and go collect them and bring them back. And all that stuff, I look back and I realize most of that's really magical. And I wish I, I wish more kids had the opportunity to play a lot of golf and hit their own shag bag, go collect them. You pay attention to where you're hitting them because you got to go find them. Anyway, I just think all the all all that played in, and um, I had some early success, pretty much immediate, and started winning some golf tournaments, and off I went. So, so my instruction base was not a lot, and here I am now, a full time coach, and and so uh, yeah, I, I I love creating self sufficiency with the folks I work with. You know, let's let's get them learning cause and effect, and what makes them great at an early stage, and. You know, and if I'm if I'm become a hands off kind of here if needed type coach, that's kind of my preference. I, I love that. I, I think you know, um, I I've tried to be big on creating self reliance for my players, um, and and I think that the tour coach like out there on tour 
was created for people as a business model, not whether it's really good for the player. You know, like you're coming up with a reason to charge them a percentage or to be out there and then you pick up more players because you're out there all the time. I don't know that that necessarily – I'd love your thoughts as a player. And I know that it does help some players. But I think in general I'm not sure that that is actually better for the player and how they perform. Man, you're you're leading me into some dangerous waters there, Tony. Uh, That's okay. It's okay because, like, I piss people off all the time. (laughs) <laughs> no, and, and I, I'll be straight up. I think they're absolutely some of the most brilliant coaches in the world are, you know, working with players right. out there. And, and that's not the space I'm working in presently. And um, so, I, you know, I, I'd be very careful about how I put it. But it's like, my gosh, Tony, you and I both know how hard it is for how good you got to be to get on tour, right? I mean, just right. somebody's got a tour card, whether it's conditional or whatever. Like, right. You know, you know how to play the damn game, right? And you've had success. So I just feel like, you know, my approach would be uh, very, very careful. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, you know, what is the if, – if that player really needs to step their game up, I mean, that's why, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not a swing coach, so to speak, but I know the golf swing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you've got – shoot, you and I could – create quite a list of all the different things that contribute to performance, you know, and good scoring. And, and it's a long, long list. And I mean, my gosh, I, sometimes I feel like I spend too much time learning because I got to go do some doing, but it's because I recognize that, my gosh, I mean, if I don't know what that player's mindset is, how the heck would I know where the bad shot came from? You know, and, um, you know, swing looks the same to me, both of them. And yet one of them's 30 yards left out of play and the other one's down the middle. And I just think that, right, there's so many different things. And um, I think, yeah, being a tour coach, so to speak, whatever the heck that means. I, I was a tour player and now I'm a coach. I don't know. Maybe I'm a tour coach. <laughs> whatever the heck that means, um, that it's good marketing. My gosh, you know. I mean, I know, if, if yeah, if I'm working with three tour players, my I got them lined up till you know, September on my lesson book, right? So it's. It's it, you know so I understand it and absolutely no critical thought or feeling for me towards anybody that that has chosen that path and um, you know we're looking at the success of a you know Scotty Scheffler and Randy Smith humbly you know, recognizes hey location 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 he's got a lot of you know motivated talented kids coming through his system but um, you know I think that I think it's a, a fine art and there's excellent tour coaches that can take a really good player and help them to the next level. And I think that's, you know, you know, that's, that's a brain surgeon, right? Um, but man, it's really easy to screw somebody up. And, and, you know, I, I kind of coach with that fear in the back of my mind is like, I do not want to do any harm. So <laughs> it keeps me on my toes, keeps me learning. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, I had a, I had a, a, a great teacher one time tell me that one of my best attributes was that I hadn't screwed anybody up yet. Right. <laughs> you know, and like I've always said, like I've had some guys I've taught, like, you know, I spent some time with Bill Haas where I really didn't do a very good job. Like I, I didn't like I didn't get done what I wanted done. Right. Like I didn't mm-hmm. get him back to play good, but I didn't ruin him either. You know, like and yet, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, I think I think it's I think when you're teaching players that are that I'd love your opinion on this when you're teaching people at that level. Man, it's tricky to not make them work, ruin them, 
Like it's hard sometimes. Like yeah. because they're already so dang good. Right. Yeah. So it's going to leave me. I know nobody wants nobody out there wants Rick talking about Rick, but it's super relevant here. That yeah. So I I won pretty much everything growing up. Okay. And okay. Uh, when I just blew through, and you know every all the local junior junior tournaments, one national junior tournament, coaches are recruiting me, go off. Um, great college career, All-American, play Walker Cup, Loam and the Masters U.S. Open in 1983 or whatever it was. And just, right, so it's like, okay, tracking, tracking. Still haven't had any more instruction than what I described earlier. <laughs> and and I get mm-hmm. on tour and, and uh, early success, win my first full season. And, um, you know, I know most people don't know this because I'm so damn old, they don't remember <laughs> and they weren't around. But, but anyway, so I had that, that pedigree, so to speak. Right, and then right. I hit, right? And then all of a sudden I hit my first extended slump, let's call it. Like I hadn't really played that bad for three or four months in a row. So now I'm looking for answers, right? And so sure enough, a buddy of mine refers me to, hey, you got to see so-and-so, you know, and I'm not going to use names or anything. People start yeah, figuring yeah. it out. But but somebody that worked with tour players. And and I always played from kind of the DJ-ish, more cow-ish wrist position at the top. And... And uh, when when a good player like I was, or you take a real good tour player today, and they start playing bad, and you know this, they're they're super vulnerable at that point, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to listen to anything, but if somebody with a reputation suggests something, they're probably inclined to give it a go. And and I did that. They I will listen to anything. They will listen to anything. They're dead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because you take them at their peak, and when they're playing great, and it's like. Your, your attitude is get the heck out of my way. I'm going to beat right. your butt. I'm going to beat your butt with my bowed left wrist or <laughs> whatever. My flexion is going to wear you out. Um, and but instead, I was convinced that hey, let's fix that backswing. Let's get that wrist position dead flat at the top. Done. I spent five months working as hard as I've ever worked. Got it there. It looked like Ben Hogan in my take in my backswing and position <laughs> at the top. I never hit the ball good again. So all I'm really? saying is, right, yeah. So I I knew how to scrap and claw and play and tremendous short game and putting and you know I had I had little streaks of hitting it good and when I hit it good, boy, I I rang you know I rang the bell and cashed out. But all that to say is that you know it's not about making a coach look bad for doing that. I mean I I hired him, you know he's the consultant, I'm the CEO, right. I hired him. But all all the point is, it certainly has affected the way I approach. Uh, golfers and especially good players and um, that whole do no harm thing um, you know, I, I'm just afraid that, that there's too many probably too many swing coaches that kind of are stuck on a, on whatever you know their preferences and like you and I can both find a, a file of people that you know get the club head behind the hands and the takeaway that won major championships you know <laughs> so it's right. like I just feel like when when somebody gets to that level we're going to approach it differently than a 13-year-old kid that, you know, wants to play D1 college golf, and it's like, well, now would be the time to, to build something in. So that that brings me to the point. Like, I, I tell folks all the time, and, and uh, I work with a kid, plays at Georgia Southern, Ben Carr. He's in the Masters. He lost mm-hmm. in the finals at the U.S. Amateur, and he's got a really strong grip, right? And when mm-hmm. he came to me, you know, he didn't want to change it, and I didn't change it. He was already a good player. been working three, mm-hmm. four years. But I, I said to somebody the other day, like, that's totally different. I told 
I would have changed the grip then because, like, he had plenty of time to learn. But then, you know, and he's 20, 19, it's, or 20, it's a different animal because he'd already won a bunch of stuff and was good. But, like, I liked what you just said. Like, I think that, you know, I get that there's lots of different matchups and there's the DJs of the world and there's the Morikawas, all these different grips and faces. But, like, to me, really good grips and square faces for 12- and 13-year-olds don't really go out of style if you get the opportunity to work with them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned DJ. Uh, um, there was, uh, back in the days, uh, it's been a while, you and I may remember, but maybe some of the listeners don't, but David Ferrity, before he had kind of oh, his, yeah. his whimsical sort of uh, golf channel programming, uh, he had basically an in-studio thing where he had guests and, and he had uh, he had the Harmon brothers in there, or no, yeah, yeah, the Harmon yeah. brothers. And yeah. and at one point in the conversation, um, Butch was talking about, yeah, uh, he says, yeah, along the lines, I just I just started working with DJ, and we sat down. He said the first thing I told him, I says, you know that wrist position at the top, I want you to know now. You can relax. I'm not changing it. You know, so <laughs> that got my attention, right? Because I was sort of in that in that space, uh-huh. and um, and then I heard. Butch later on say, hey, you know what? There's nothing pro- no problem with that. It's just that every every good player that's been there has predominantly played a fade, and and I just went. It just hit me, and I just it, I, I I entered depression because that's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. Back in the day, as I was still kind of playing yeah. a draw, and every now and then I'd get the ball get away from me a little bit left, and then hit a block, kind of the two way miss. And so, you know, I'm not claiming that Butch is the greatest of all time, but I would just say that, boy. He I is. Sure as hell, I think he is. I think he's I, my I, favorite. I sure as heck wish I had hired him, you know, because it had been, honestly, it had been a 30-minute conversation. I'd been fine, you know, and instead I spent mm-hmm. months and months and got worse. So so there's the wisdom of experience, right? I'm not saying that a, a young 32-year-old, you know, golf coach can't do the same thing. There's brilliant dudes out there that are, and gals that are, figuring it out but it's just just like i think there's sometimes we need to set aside kind of our program and our plan and and kind of do what's best for the player so let's talk about like so you retired from playing professionally you know um how did you morph into how did you say hey i'm you know what i'm going to start teaching did it happen right away what i mean what drew you to the teaching side yeah i had had to get to work right away It's like I played in I played in a different era. Last place money uh, at the players is more than my fir- my first winner's check. So it was, you know, it was uh, uh, it was a different era. So I it was just kind of I think it was sort of back in the day. We're talking about two thousand two, two thousand three. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a I think I think I'm a pretty smart guy, and I could do a number of different things. But it's like, well, you know, I can do this, and so I. You know, and, and, right, and so I, uh, finally found a, a facility that, that would have me and, and, uh, you know, got going, you know, just started, started teaching. And I, of course, like all of us, we look back and realize how little we knew and how unqualified we were. But, but I quickly, this is 20 years ago, so I, I didn't just start doing this. And, um, uh, and, and I just, I think I, I kind of took on, you know, instruction and coaching the same way I took on playing. It's like I took it really serious. I wanted to be really good at what I did and sort of felt even a greater responsibility because it's other people's money and other people's golf games. And, you know, if I screw up myself, that's one thing. But if you screw up a paying customer, you know, 
for me, I feel I feel worse. So, so anyway, I just I've been on a journey for a long time now. I didn't I haven't coached and taught that whole time. I I was a uh, sports agent for seven or eight years, and uh, I mean I I've got a a wild resume, <laughs> but um, oh, yeah. But uh, I'm thinking back in probably about seven or eight years ago, I kind of came back in aggressively, like I want to be a you know really good at what I do, and so um, done everything I need to to you know continuing to learn, but you know studying and certifications, which you know come and go. But um, I just you know I'm in a context where I'm not a specialist. You know I'm a kind of a head coach generalist, and I want to mm-hmm. have broad, broad enough understanding to see how the pieces work together. And then I'm the first guy to, to hire a specialist when needed. Say, so, hey, we're now, we're now, he, you know, I'm not, I'm not the TPI golf fitness guy. I'm not the, um, you know, I went through, you know, Cheatham and, and, and Sasho's, you know, program, but, you know, I'm not a biomechanist. And so, you know, there may be a time where I need to send somebody down to Michael Neff at Gears or <laughs> whatever else, right? But, yeah. but, but I, but I do feel like yeah, probably a strength I have is that I, I can sit back and I see how all the pieces come together, and I think I've got the the human skills where people will share, you know, and I'll know if I'll, oh gosh, it's a college kid with with parent problems or a junior, right? I mean, we're gonna we got to know where oh, the yeah. problem lies. So you do it all the time, but uh, I love it. I love it. It's, obviously, it's you and I are in it because we love helping people, and I feel like I'm highly capable of doing that. Yeah. So so talk about specialists. That mm-hmm. that role's changed a bunch since you played, right? I mean, like there oh, were, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, guys weren't big into the fitness side, you know, when right. when you were playing. I, I mean, I'm sure there right. were there were obviously a few, but right. not like you know. I mean, to me, one of the big changes is like I'm 50, about to be 52. Um, is like there's just more and more and more really good athletes playing golf now. Absolutely, yeah, 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 and and it, it's it's sort of a heartbreaker, isn't it, when you get mm-hmm. uh, when you're working with a kid that you know has these dreams and aspirations, like my gosh, this young man's not going to get past five foot six or <laughs> or right. you know whatever, right? And there's speed training, and you know Rory's kind of a you know he's a freak, you know, at his size, but um, you know he's got a loading pattern that that's maxed out and and he works out a ton and so it's not an impossibility but yeah you're fighting heavyweights and uh so that has changed and uh better athletes a hundred percent um but i do observe i mean i work with junior golfers and do my best to get to tournaments and watch them play and all this stuff and i'm kind of blown away today at how many of these kids are up there in the 120 mile per hour clubhead speed range yeah. they're shooting 80 they're shooting 86 like, I mean, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, what the heck's going on here? The rest of the stuff still matters, folks. You know, you got, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta control, control path and face and the whole thing. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's different, and it's, I mean, to get to where I got, um, which would be PGA Tour and having success out there, it is a heck of a lot more difficult. No question about it. Yeah, I had a kid this morning actually, a good player, plays college. And he could hammer mm-hmm. stats. He said he's terrible with his iron game, right? His approach game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, he has, you know, he swings everything the same speed. So I was like, 
Uh-huh. What do you do when it's not a full seven iron? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. and he never practices like, well, hit this one seventy eight instead of one hundred eighty five or whatever. Like I just made him for an hour and try to hit yeah. things specific distances. You yeah. know, awesome. He was awesome. like after, afterwards, he was like, oh man, that was different. I was like, but like, you know, I I think that that's a big part of coaching, don't you? Because like they don't make when you go on the course. It's not your seven iron, your eight iron, your nine iron that you're mm-hmm. just hitting on a range full speed that you don't care where it lands. <laughs> you know, right, right, yeah. And I think that right that Tony, I don't know, you know, if you went back and turned turned the clock back. I mean, how far back would we have to go to find a place where maybe you didn't know the importance of that, right? So I think as coaches, we need to be paying attention, and, yeah. right? That's like, ah, okay, oh, for sure, for sure. you know what I mean? And like for me, I know there's, I get. Of course, I get tangled up as we all do on Twitter or whatever. But you know, there's the the, the the discussion of you know shaping shots or hitting golf shots and that sort of thing. And you know, I know just just throw Rick over in the pile of old school guys, right? I mean, that's the that's kind of the lazy approach, and maybe I deserve it to some extent. But but I would hit as far as in between distances. You know, I'd hit kind of a hold fade at times. You know, if I'm in between six and seven, I'd hit a hold, hold six, you know, or something. And, and that's, that's a way for me to, you know, back then hit my 172 number instead of a six iron going 178 or something. And so, mm-hmm. right, it's, I used it, you know, kind of more for kind of in between shots than shaping it to a hole location and stuff. So, you know, I think that not every player needs to do that. Some of them just take the bottom line, the physics say, well, just if you're going to present the same dynamic loft, you got to slow that club down somehow, you know, or, Right, there's just just different ways to do it, and I think that, you know, the more cows in the woods might be more artistic, and then the other players aren't, and you know, but, but I think you're right. Training, what are we training here? I mean, the kid hits it center of face, and, um, you know, has plenty of speed. Now, well, what else? What else you got to work on? You know, when you're talking about a tee to green, and it's like, well. Control and distance is a big deal. That front to back dispersion matters just as much as that left to right stuff. So, um, anyway, so it's, you know, we all have our preferences, but, but I do think that, um, I think coaches are wising up, and I think as long as we learn from folks maybe we don't necessarily identify with <laughs> as far as my people, um, you know, I still learn from people that, you know, we might have a disagreement on, and, um, I think it's made me better to be that open minded. Yeah, agree, agree, a hundred percent. You know, I, and to me, I mean, I, I'd love your, like, you know, like I, I'd got a bunch of young guys like Corn Ferry, Latin Latour, Cantor, and like, there's so many of these guys that are playing Latin and Cantor that are so good that are, you know, like you watch them hit balls, like they're all good nowadays, right? Right. Um, like, what do you think is the differential between those guys? I'm just curious from somebody who's made it, like. When, when you watch these guys, like, what is it that, what do you think it is? I, it, it, it blows my mind. Because sometimes, like, I'll see a kid and I'll be like, and this guy's, the guy, he's great, you know? And then, like, I mean, he's struggling to make cuts in Canada or whatever. Like, I'm just curious from your perspective what you think is this differential there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think when you say the differential, I think you're opening the door to multiple things there. But, uh, uh, I, I hate to, it's not dismissive, but I'd say it depends, right? It depends on the player. Uh, right. 
some some just don't seem to have the knack to score well, you know, and, and yet you'll see them, have, you know, exhibit all the shots, you know, as you're spending time with them, you know, they're standing around that short game area and looks like they got all the shots, but then they're they're not recovering well when they miss a green and um, or whatever putting, and you know, I'm I'm sort of a I'm not trying to be controversial, but but I I absolutely hate the manager expectations statement. You know, it's like you, you know, great players um, they they're they're expecting to hit a good golf shot that's in there well within their standard deviation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so right, right, and, sure. you know you know, and so so I I hate I like you know man I I want you seeing the shot coming off the way you expect it. I want you to feel it, and that's kind of a weird, you know, kind of out there thing. But, you know, Tony, right now, if you say high draw at a back left pin, I mean, I literally feel that in my body, or my brain does anyway, right? So so I think sometimes, you know, we're into this, you know, kind of, I probably spent the last three or four years spending most of my kind of personal growth, professional growth time, you know, looking at number one, studying how do people learn. I realized I should have known that a hell of a long time ago. And then how do people perform, which then gets me into the kind of the space now, which is real popular, kind of the neuroscience and that. And um, got a relationship with Rick Sessinghouse and been through his program and just, you know, and right. then exploring other things. And just because that's, that's, a, that's a big piece. And I know it's not new to, you know, tour players or young players coming up, but there is that intangible. And, uh, um, but I would say that, that, you know, uh, there's the confidence stuff. You know, you've seen it, right? You've had players where all of a sudden they break through yeah. and have have a good week, and now they believe in themselves, right? So it's tough for you or I to manufacture that for them. But um, it's a it's a it's a crowded super highway, right? And it's at rush hour. Mm-hmm. There's just all these cars that are ready to get going, but there's just too much traffic, and that's not a problem that's going to go uh, go away, right? It's just the, the level of play is so high that the differences are so small. Um, but I would say that um, um, certainly not anybody you're coaching, but I, I, I am surprised and I'd even say shocked at how many players that have invested a lot of time and money or parents that have done that and they've never had coaching that, you know, talks about how do you, how do you, how do you score? How do you get it done? What do you do in the tournament? And, you know, I know, you know, most, uh, you know, that's not, that's not rare and unusual, but, but it's a little bit surprising to me that somebody can get so far along and that's so grossly underdeveloped, you know, they're doing speed training and they've, you know, been personally, you know, custom fit clubs. They've done everything other than that. And, and, and it might be just that not many of us coaches are presenting ourselves that way. Um, or, you know, at times I'm a little surprised at how, um, you know, folks are running to somebody that, hey, this guy or this gal really, you know, gets the swing looking perfect. And yet, you know, there may be, you know, up in my my area, of course, I think I've got a, a pretty decent resume. But, you know, i got Jeff Costin who played a little bit on tour and is a really good player. And, you know, he's he's been coaching for a long time. But, um you know, I, I, I'm not trying to dismiss those that didn't have a playing background, but if if they haven't, I would think they need to be listening to some of the people that they shun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not vindictive, but I feel like sometimes I get yeah, dismissed. I agree with it. You know, former players like there's nothing to learn from them. They're not coaches; they just played. And it's like, well, some of us are now, 
you know, in coaching and, and have recognized what, where we lacked, right? Which might have been some of the technical stuff that others have been trained in. And I think if all of us just continue to pursue knowledge more broadly, um, that I think that our players are going to get better. But the problem, Tony, is then every player gets better. And <laughs> it doesn't fix the struggle of your, your guy in Canada yeah. trying to find his way, right? It's just, he's got more, he's got more good players to compete with. So, um, I, I'm, I think I'm on record, uh, as saying that, that I think, <laughs> uh, professional golf and I think the PGA Tour, because of the, the hold they have on it, needs to do more financially at those levels because it takes years now. It, ta- it takes years now for players to get through the system. And, you know, a lot of young people I know just simply can't afford it. And it's just too many years. In my day, it was one Q school. It was, you know, three stages. And if you make it through, you're on the PGA Tour. So yeah. um, I know that doesn't necessarily weed out the best players, but it took somebody had to have 15 grand in the bank to do the process. And now you probably probably need three years of funding, right, to, to get through right, the whole no thing. Right, no doubt. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so, I mean, I know that at the end, the players that get out there are, you know, super good, right? But um, but that process will burn them up, and it's discouraging for guys. So I think it's very important that they um, figure out a way to stay encouraged, feel like they're getting better, and uh, missing cuts is rough. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big knock, you know. Well, you know, you talked we were as we were talking, and, and I flashed back to where you started with you know where you didn't have necessarily practice, so you played golf all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I think that that's something that's really important. And I like, I think now we have a lot of these kids that, man, they heck, I mean, we have kids that have their own track men, yeah, you know, yeah. and they have their yeah. own, you know, their own quads, and they've got yep. simulators in their house, and or they mm-hmm. go to these ranges, and all that's all they do, like. It seems to me that one of the things is missing is the that they would be further along as a player if they just went and played golf more. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You just you just you 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 win for the day, Tony. That that's probably the most important thing. And um, you know, it's obviously something that I didn't. I told the story of kind of how I learned to play, but I, I couldn't mm-hmm. agree with you more. And, and I know. You know, maybe coming out of the pandemic with, you know, courses that are jam-packed has made it more difficult. But when I, uh, I think it was 2016, um, I had a family come to me and they, um, for coaching for their kid and, you know, kind of identified kind of what their budget, what we were working with. And, and I literally told them, I said, if that's, if that's what you can afford, um, uh, for the development of your kid, I'd say spend it on their golf. You know, I mean, like, like they're, yeah. they're literally not going to become a good player if they can't play golf. I said, you know, right. I think I think my coach coaching is a value, but if you had to choose one or the other, they're gonna they're gonna figure a lot of stuff out on their own if they can play a ton ton of golf. And and I think it's I think it's still relevant today, Tony. I mean, you would know better than me, but if we got we surveyed, you know, tour players. You know, and, mm-hmm. and let's say PGA Tour, you can involve Corn Ferry too, but, but just say, hey, what was your experience growing up? What, what, you know, well, they probably had, they had access to golf, you know, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, family were members at private clubs or there's a course in the area that worked out a deal. But I just don't think we're going to have uh, elite players coming out of a studio, you know, and I mean, there's things you can learn in there, but, um, I, I don't have the answer for course, 
you know, access. Um, Youth on Course is a cool program we got out here, and but I mean, it it needs to be like that kid wants to play every damn day of the week. You know, you got to figure out a way to make it happen. And you know, I just don't think you're going to be a you know world class player without playing a lot of golf. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think that uh, that's one of the. You know, I I think a lot of the. I think that's how most of the best players in the world that I've been around. I mean, that's they they just spend lots of time playing golf, and still to this day, even you yeah. know more more of that. The I mean, they'll they'll work on the range and get. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know. You know, I was I worked with Lucas Glover for five years or so. And we would work some on the range and hit balls when it was home. But then we were always just jump in a cart and go out and hit shots on the golf course. You yeah, know, you can only hit life. balls for yeah. so long. Yeah. You know, and I just think that's a valuable way to, uh-huh. to – I also think it's valuable as a teacher to watch what they really do on the golf course. Because oh, it's way uh, different yeah. sometimes than the crap <laughs> yeah. we see on the range, right? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a little bit – you know, we can – you know, there's – um ways that that coaches can can get information about what happens on the golf course through you know apps and you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. data and analytics and yeah. all that and uh so that's all that's all helpful cuz i don't think any of us can can make a living spending all our time on the golf course with one or two clients and so you know that that stuff's great and and hopefully that continues to improve but um yeah that that yeah you got to be aware of you know what they do on the course see it in action um you know, I take time, and you know, I'm going to be here another week and a half, driving halfway across the state to watch, across the state to to watch a few of my juniors playing a tournament, right? And and right. I haven't monetized that much. I just kind of build it. In. That's something I do. You know, it's part of the deal. Yeah, I think that. You know, same here. I think you just yeah. do it because you care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but I would say that back to tour players. As far as playing, it's like I know for me, it's you know. uh on tour as a single guy, then get married, and Terry and I travel together, having a good old time, and then the the kiddos start entering the world, and we're dragging strollers and everything else around, and then then the kids hit school age, and mom and the kids stay home, and so then now I'm, you know, certainly not happy on the road as much as I used to be because everything I know and love is back home, but but when I get home, I try to make up for it, right? Time with the kids and whatever. So all of a sudden now I'm thinking, hey, I'm prepared because I went out and hit balls and played four holes, you know, instead of instead of playing 18 with my buddies and all of a sudden, right? So I, I'm kind of atrophying my my playing skills, right? Because I I'm trying to get a practice day in in three or four hours instead of you know, seven or eight. So so anyway, it's, right. yeah, the important the importance of playing is is there, and I think that um, I became disinterested later later in my career for a number of reasons, and so the players that maintain the passion to play um you know you know that that's a good thing you know keep it alive yeah. keep the love alive um i don't know scotty scheffler has had what a however how 18 month run and whatever and i think was kind of what he cares about he probably could retire already so yeah. you know I, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a i'm a little worried about how long these these great players are going to want to keep going right because <laughs> it's like, i agree it ain't gonna be a financial decision right it's gonna be Right. Kind of whatever. So, but anyway, that would open up the door for one of these young guys you're talking about that are trying to get out there. Rick, this has been awesome. One, thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. Two, I love following you on Twitter, and I've loved getting to listen to your insights. 
Hopefully we can do this again. Hopefully our paths cross. I'd love to have you come out and hang out with our juniors sometime or maybe do yeah. something, man. It's, it's, it's been fun talking to you, and, and I've learned yeah. a lot from reading you and listening to you, and hopefully we can do it again. Well, that goes both ways, Tony. Yeah, hopefully we cross paths cross soon, and thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.